0: This is UTC Radio. I've replenished your supply of medicine.
1: Thank you, doctor. Do you have anything? Be tuned next week for another episode of Speaking Fluent Spanish.
0: Oh, what do you want? Uh, can I go now? I thought you'd gone. Hey. I thought you'd gone. No, no, I turned it off. What? <laughs> it was about so high. No, no, I said, I thought a credit it doesn't matter. Oh, you think I gone? Yes. No, no, I go now. Wonderful. What is OK. <laughs> it's OK. Thank you. You're
1: strong. Oh, yeah, strong is good. Welcome to the Urban Guru Café. This week, Already speaks with Tony Parsons.
0: There's often a lot of humour in your delivery of this message and yet most consider it a very serious matter. Can you tell us what it is that's funny about (laughs) non-duality?
1: Yes, basically, as far as I'm concerned, and I have to say this happens for other people as well, who uh, this message happens for, when liberation happens, one of the first things that arises is laughter because of the realization of the great cosmic joke that what we all are looking for has never been lost. This occurred to me when liberation seemed to happen and also what I get from many people now when this happens is that they say to me, well, it's amazing because what I was seeking wasn't somewhere else and wasn't something that would arise when I would become worthy of it. What I was seeking has never been lost. It's always been here. And I've been looking everywhere else for it, so that's the humour. Now there are two things that, that we need to be clear about here, and that is that the open secret is not saying that there's nothing that you can do. And that's and often people who don't like this message mistake for that. This message is not saying there's nothing you can do, it's saying there is no you. And the other thing is that the epiphany doesn't happen to anyone. When there is no one, that is the epiphany. And it's all the time there is someone waiting for the epiphany, then there's someone. What's in the way of liberation is you looking for it. You know, as far as The Adam Secret is concerned, this is about the death of something, the loss of something, you. So you don't know, but it is known. It is absolutely clearly recognizable. And it's sort of amazing because in a sense, what this message is about something so totally simple and ordinary. So you're walking along down the road as somebody in Germany recently was after a meeting and walking down the road still went on and everything was just as it was before. But suddenly the individual, the self, the me that's looking, just isn't there anymore. It's a sudden complete collapse of the me and this is absolutely recognizable but not recognizable by anyone nobody recognizes it it's just recognized which is a mystery (laughs) and it's one thing or the other there is either a me or there isn't there's no gradual path from one to the other there either is a me or there isn't
0: so difficult when we see ourselves as separate?
1: Well the seeing of ourselves as separate is what makes life difficult for a me. All the time there is the dream of being an individual me, a separate me, then everything actually is difficult because the whole experience of me brings up a sense of separation from everything. So everything that's seen or heard or felt or experienced in any way by the individual is experienced through a veil of separation. So the individual is never at home and can never be at home because the individual is always looking for home. When the individual collapses, there's home.
0: it that we see ourselves as separate when there is in fact no separation
1: who can say this is what seems to happen in the wholeness arises apparent separation but of course there isn't any one that's separation it's just wholeness arising and appearing to be something that's separately seeking wholeness there is no reason for it and that which asks why is the seeker When liberation happens, there's no longer any question why, because there's nobody to ask it.
0: How is it that what the seeker is looking for has never been lost?
1: I could put it into words, but they'd only be conceptual. Basically what happens is individuality, the dream of individuality arises. And as I said before, from then on the individual experience is seen through separation so nothing is ever seen or felt or lived the way it really is and that becomes embodied, it's not just a thought or a belief, it's actually embodied in every cell in the body there's an experience of being contracted liberation is simply the sudden collapse or explosion of that contraction into boundlessness but the nature of being separate, is that there's a feeling of something that's been lost. So the individual is stuck always in something being lost and having to seek it. The individual can only seek what it thinks has been lost. But in a sense, what's in the way of discovery of what's been lost is the individual who believes and feels that everything is lost. And so there can only be a continual seeking The irony of all of that is that what is sought is love, absolute love. But the individual can't know absolute love because the individual feels separate from absolute love. At the death or the end of individuality, which is just a dream, when that dream collapses, then there is only love. And it's realized by no one, I'm afraid. It's realized that actually always there is only love. And that love is unconditional. But that love also includes discomfort, pain, and suffering. It's not a blissful, eternally blissful love. It's a love that is unconditional and embraces the whole of life, which was there always, so it was never lost. All of life has never been lost. But the seeker is looking for that. And all the time the seeker is looking for it, it can't be realized.
0: You've got this love that's there, but you've also got this suffering that's still happening. Because I remember hearing you say once that, you know, with the misery, oh, yeah, do you still feel misery, somebody asked you. And you said, oh, yeah, and you feel it even more than you would normally feel it. So what is this difference?
1: Oh, the difference is no me. The the difference is totally immeasurable and in a way inexpressible. The difference is that although there is still suffering in the apparent world, and pain in the body, there is no one that is suffering. There is no pain that is felt by anyone. So there is no longer any identification. That doesn't mean to say there's a sort of detachment. In fact, liberation is the opposite of detachment. There's a total aliveness. So everything is felt without any filters, without the filter of individuality. Everything is felt full-on, passionate and naked but by no one. All that's left is aliveness. So in simple terms, you know, you're sitting on a chair there, maybe. It doesn't matter if you are or not. But in terms of individuality, there seems to be a me that's sitting on a chair, so it's happening to me. In liberation, there's just sitting on a chair. (laughs) The difference is immeasurable, and it's simple and ordinary. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.
0: How do you know that it's over? How do you know that it's
1: over? Oh, you don't know. There's no one, there is no one to know and say to somebody else, a friend, oh, it's over now, I am liberated because there is no such thing as a liberated person. There's no such thing as an enlightened person. There is no one that knows, but it is so impactful that it's like being hit by a bus, except that there's no one being hit by the bus. (laughs) The, the the amusing thing or the the irony of this is that you can then thereafter not tell anyone because it's indescribable. I've been talking for 10 years now and I can't tell anyone what this is like and this has happened to many people and they phone me up and say, Tony, I can't tell you what this is like because it, it's beyond communication in words. It can't be expressed and that's how it remains the open secret. It remains secret because it's impossible to transfer to somebody else or express. It's not understandable. You can't know this. You can't understand this. You can't come to believe this or think Mm. this. It's beyond the mind.
0: Okay, can you explain why it's beyond the mind?
1: Because it's beyond time and it's beyond story. Uh, Liberation is the collapse of the story of me. It's the collapse of the idea that there's such a reality as time or a journey, or the idea that life has some purpose that it's taking it somewhere, so it's beyond all of those things, and the greatest thing it's beyond is the idea that there's such a thing as an individual with free will and choice and the need to find something else called enlightenment. All those things suddenly the whole structure on which we live suddenly collapses, and all that's left is what is. So the mind can't conceive of this because the mind lives in story and meaning and purpose.
0: You say it doesn't need to be understood or analysed to simply be this. No, It eff- can't
1: be understood. No, it can't no. be understood. No.
0: And you say no effort of awareness or attention is needed for there to be what there is. I mean, that's pretty simple, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is, because of course, uh, what we're talking about here is beyond awareness. You know, there are a lot of, there's a great deal of interest in self-inquiry and awareness in seeking, but all of that simply keeps the individual locked in the wheel of seeking, because awareness is still in the story. For awareness to arise, there needs to be something that it is aware of. So you have awareness, one, and what it is aware of, two. It's still a story, it's still dualism. Liberation, what is, is beyond awareness.
0: I guess sometimes people use the term awareness in different ways, perhaps.
1: Yes, I think it's a confusing word, but I think we need to be clear about something here. After liberation, there is nothing that is aware of oneness, and there's nothing that knows oneness or wholeness. Wholeness can't be known by something, or there can't be something that is aware of wholeness. All that's left is wholeness. (laughs) If it could be known, or if there could be an awareness of wholeness, then it could be described and understood. It's a mystery.
0: So obviously you would have done some sort of searching yourself before all of this. And so yeah. there is a bit of a, a looking for something for quite a while for a lot of us yeah. before anything finally comes clear or or it doesn't come yeah. clear or it's always been clear. So why is it that there appears to be this apparent seeking that precedes the clarity, if you like?
1: Because directly the dream of separation arises they can only be seeking for wholeness again because now there's a sense in the apparent individual of bereftness, of something that's lost, and that's felt in every part of the body. It's not just a belief or a thought. So it's felt emotionally, and that sense of being separate drives the individual to seek wholeness, and the individual can only go on and on seeking wholeness. But that very seeking keeps that which is sought separate because the whole energy of seeking wholeness goes on confirming that that wholeness is lost. So it's a circle. It's a continual circle. And there's nothing that can be done until that suddenly ceases to be. No one can stop seeking. But this message isn't saying don't seek or seek. This message is saying that there's something that is beyond
0: Seeking. A lot of people might take what you're saying and think, right, okay, I'm going to stop seeking now, and yeah. and they make an effort to stop seeking, you know, and they just say, right, I'm not even going to go there, I'm not even going to
1: allow. Absolutely, them. there's an effort to, there's a seeking to stop seeking, but seeking, amazingly, ironically, is the most effective way of avoiding liberation, of course, because it goes on investing in the story of something that has apparently lost.
0: Your delivery of the message has changed over the years. How has it changed, and why have you changed the way? That you oh, do I
1: don't it? think it's changed. The actual essence of the open secret is still what I've just described to you: this dream of individuality, which seeks for that which has never been lost. So, the essential nature of the message has never changed. But certainly, in talking to many, many people for many years, the use of words has fined down. So words that i was using you know quite a few years ago i no longer use because i think they are confusing and so those sort of things have been not included in the message anymore because certain words and certain ways of speaking i think are confusing i suppose you could only say that it's been honed down to an absolutely simple and very direct message but it's certainly not a different message the one that was originally delivered. There are quite a few essays on my website, you know, if you go back through a PDF and so on, that all say the same thing. But basically what is being communicated as the um, own secret is, it simply exposes the... A misconception that there is something called a separate seeker that has to or needs to find something else called enlightenment that's the, the fallacy that the open secret exposes but also what the uh, open secret does is to try and explain the deep dilemma or the deep apparent dilemma of the seeker and that is that the seeker is continuously looking for something that it will never ever find. So it exposes that and explains that but also it tries it attempts to describe what all of this is about and that is that it's about a love affair it's about a love, an absolute love that seems to have been lost and In the end, it's about the absolute wonder and simplicity of the fact that that love, that absolute love, is speaking to us in every moment, throughout the body, throughout all the senses, throughout everything that happens, including thinking and feeling. The essence of what is happening to everyone that's listening to these words right now, the essence of what's happening is absolute love. So we are being constantly called by the lover, in every part of our lives, in every moment of our lives. And all the time we go on looking elsewhere, from what is, then we can't hear that song. But that song is constant. That's the message.
0: So what about when people say, it's here right now? You are already that.
1: Well, I. you see, that's a confusing statement. It's here right now, almost is like the message, well, be here now, which is, uh, of course, a a superficial nonsense. There is no one that can be here now, and there is no here and now to be in. But the idea that you are already that is also confusing as far as I'm concerned, because it, it implies in some way or other that this is something to do with you. There is no you there is no me, there is no individuality, all there is, is what is. And, you know, there's quite a lot of dualistic messages which talk about you finding this and and you realizing that this is only a thought or a belief or you becoming aware of wholeness. And that's confusing because you never will. The whole idea that the individual is going to find this is, is the dilemma.
0: Yeah, but what about that idea then that it's thoughts about things that are going to happen in the future or things that I have to do something or that there is a me to do Mm. anything and all of this engagement in the mind becomes almost Mm. like a distraction from what is actually here, right here, right now.
1: I know, but thinking is only a symptom of separation. Uh, It's not separation. The idea that our thinking is somehow separation is like saying that a sneeze is a cold but the fact is that our whole body feels separate. It's an en- separation is an energy, it's not a thought. Yes, okay, thinking feeds the story of separation, but all that only has any significance to the me, the individual that's listening to the thinking. When that me collapses, the thinking goes on happening, but no one's listening. And so it loses its power. It only has a power all the time there's someone listening to the thought and thinking it's important. When there is no me, suddenly that power just collapses. And then it's seen that there's nothing right or wrong with anything, and there's nothing right or wrong with thinking. All there is is thinking, all there is is trees, all there is is breathing, all there is is what is.
0: Is there any pattern at all to the way that it actually can just spontaneously happen?
1: Oh, absolutely not, because of course liberation has nothing to do with you or me. The fact that Tony Parsons was apparently a person who was apparently seeking has no relevance to liberation at all, and nothing that Tony Parsons apparently did or didn't do had any relevance to liberation happening. There's no pattern. that's the irony of it there is no pattern so I mean I know of people who've become liberated who have not been seekers and then after liberation happened, they've heard this message and it's confirmed what has already occurred there liberation has nothing to do with seeking or any pattern. Liberation has nothing to do with seeking or any pattern.
0: Because there are a lot of people who think that they have to see the guru yeah. face-to-face and, uh, oh, okay, well, Tony Parsons was walking in the park, so I'm going to go for walks in the park. And
1: uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know. There are even people who ask me where the park is.
0: <laughs> Were you really walking in the park? I was just joking. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and liberation has absolutely nothing to do with circumstances or where somebody is or where they are not. That's the whole point of it. It has nothing to do with that because it's never been lost. It's here right now. It's only the seeking of it which makes it seem hidden and, and unobtainable. But then I can't say to you, okay, let go then, let go of seeking, you know, or I can't say to anyone, let go of seeking, don't seek, because that's another idea that supports the idea that there's something that has to be done. It's a terrible. Terrible irony. And it's a message that's virtually always rejected. Most people come to this message and run as fast as possible away from it, back to what they think they can know and do. And it's a message that's virtually always rejected. You've been listening to The Urban Guru Café. The Urban Guru Café is produced in Australia. If people want to talk about this, on my website there's a phone number and they can ring me and talk about it. There's nothing to stop them doing that.
0: Lisa, I want some more.